Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello and welcome to episode 58. We got John Polstra and I'm imagining that you've probably from time to time had a meeting that was suboptimal that felt maybe like a waste of time or maybe you were facilitating that meeting and wasting other people's time. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Well, this guest, John Polstra, has a thing or two to say about meetings and has developed some particular ideas and perspectives and frameworks and acronyms and and stuff to share along the way. So you're going to learn, one, when you do versus don't need a meeting, two, how to blame the agenda to advance your agenda, and three, the cat and woot frameworks for developing excellent meeting agendas. So if you want to check out the show notes, the transcripts, the links to things mentioned, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep58. Or if you'd like to read those takeaways in an email in which you can absorb the wisdom in under two minutes, sign up for the gold nugget email list over there at awesomeatyourjob.com. Here's a bit about John. John Polstra is a manager of the engineering program team at Red Hat Inc., the world's most successful open source software company. John is passionate about facilitating the best project meetings and he wants to help you do the same. He gets great satisfaction from bringing order to chaos and clarity to confusion so that owners can thrive. John achieves this using tools from a variety of disciplines, including his current favorite, Trello. Here's John. John, thanks so much for being here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Good to be here. Thank you. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit of your story when it comes to working with Red Hat. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a a super famous open source brand. And when it comes to that management, I got to believe that's pretty tricky with all kinds of volunteers who can sort of do whatever they want whenever they want. And I'd love to hear maybe any, any wild stories for how things got done in such an environment? <laughs> well, the, the company itself is not run by volunteers, but we obviously in our, in our, we call them quote, downstream products, a lot of the software and code that is there is written by people in various open source communities. Uh, in terms of a funny story, I don't know if I have one there for you, but I, what is maybe the irony of all this stuff around meetings is that I really cut my teeth as a program manager to the Fedora project. Mm-hmm. And the Fedora project is essentially a upstream distribution, a Linux distribution that eventually gets turned into Red Hat Enterprise Linux, uh, used to run the New York Stock Exchange and other big enterprises. And in that environment, I had to learn how to, like you're saying, work with volunteers to create schedules. We had a lot of virtual meetings, a lot of times on IRC, which is kind of mm-hmm. today's modern day equivalent would be Slack. And just over the process of time, just kind of being thrown into this environment, had to figure it out and make it work. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear then some of the, the gems you picked up along the way. Particularly, I enjoyed in your podcast, you made some points associated with meetings as, as well as some other shows. So I'd like to maybe just frame it up right then, right there. What's the story with meetings with regard to, first of all, we seem to have perhaps too many of them. Could you mm-hmm. maybe orient us? Like, how do you think about meetings? So... I, and I think I stole this idea from from Tim Ferriss, which was the idea that a meeting should be held to discuss things and to make decisions. 
if those two things don't need to happen, do you really need to have a meeting? So both and. Both yeah. discussing things yeah. and making a decision. Yeah, and if there are no decisions to be made, okay, you're there to discuss things, but, you know, what are those discussions leading towards? Are they leading towards a decision or... I guess it also depends on like what kind of meeting do you need to have or do you want to have? So that's one thing I'm I'm really intentional about is what kind of meeting are we having? And maybe taking a step backwards to say, what kind of meeting do we need to have? What problem are we trying to solve? Are we just meeting because this is a reoccurring invite on everyone's calendar and we just kind of come every week? Or is this leading towards something that we're trying to accomplish or a product we're trying to ship or something like that. That's really nice. And so I would love to maybe shine a brighter light then on the kinds of meetings that tend to happen that just need not happen. So could you give us some examples there? <laughs> My, the one I really love to pick on is the status meeting. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been to this meeting, but typically it's you and your peers and there's, I don't know, depending how big your team or department is, you know, it could be 10, 15 people. And it's that meeting where each person, you kind of go around the table, if you're in a conference room or virtually, if you're, some of you are on the phone, and each person talks for five to 10 minutes about, quote, what they're working on. All right. And usually those meetings tend to devolve into, let me tell you what I'm working on so that you think that I'm busy valuable to the team <laughs> and, you know, that I'm contributing something versus here are the things I'm working on and I really need help on this one thing. Could we figure this out together? Stuff that could be taken care of over email instead is just kind of done audibly while everyone else checks email and does other things. Okay. Understood. So status meeting is one example of just a meeting that can probably go. I, it's funny. I think at times they make sense if... I don't know. I think about client services like, oh, mm -hmm. each of you are talking with someone else in for our client organization. And it would probably be helpful for us to all have a clue uh, who you've talked to and what you've asked whom for what so that we yes. don't repeat requests or look like fools by tripping over each other. Yeah. And that I would think of that as more of maybe a sync meeting or a sync point. OK, we're just going to get a bunch of people together. We're going to, you know, run through just kind of the state of the project very briefly, what's happening very succinctly, where we're going. And then this is where I think the meeting becomes valuable. This is where we've been. This is where we're going. And here are the areas that we're stuck and here are the problems we need to solve. Okay. Understood. So you're you're seeing a, a massive distinction between a, a sync meeting and a status meeting. Yes. Yes. Okay. That sounds tweetable, by the way. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's good. So what are some other meetings that can go? Those are the two big ones that come to mind. Okay, sure. I would say those are, and then again, the meeting with no purpose. So I don't know if this happens to you, but, you know, it's not unusual to, you know, you get involved in a, in a project or a, a product and, you know, it started six months ago and originally there were 15 people invited and now there's 30 people invited, but now only eight show up and... You're just kind of meeting because there's sort of stuff to talk about. But again, I guess it would be that meeting that really doesn't have a clear defined purpose anymore. Okay. That would be another one that I would try to eliminate. And a little tip there with the, the reoccurring calendar invites, particularly if you're the facilitator, what I've done a lot of times with those is I'll time them out. So if the meeting is kind of ineffective, maybe I'll talk about canceling it or maybe I've had trouble kind of getting the right invitees to the meeting, either 
getting the right ones in the invite, or maybe some of the people don't need to be there anymore, but that's been kind of difficult. Sometimes I'll just update the meeting invite to have an end date. So it's not just reoccurring forever. And then it's kind of interesting to watch and see what happens. You know, how many people noticed that that (laughs) every Monday at 10 a.m. is like, no longer on their calendar. Oh, that's fun. You Did know, is notice? it only one person that calls you and says, well, I, I don't have this meeting on my calendar. Are we meeting today? Or is it just like, yeah, out of 20 people, one person noticed? That yeah, or they're all just like secretly relieved. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm just not going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of times when I set up a reoccurring meeting invite for a meeting, I'll have it go for a period of time and then end. And then I'll set up a new one to kind of recalibrate or reset mm-hmm. things or even keep myself honest. Okay, very cool. All right, so they figured out some meetings that could just go, like the status meeting or one that does not really require a discussion and decision and, and purpose and agenda. So when those things are lacking, it can mm-hmm. probably go or kind of exchange information via another means that's mm-hmm. uh, more efficient for people's time. So, so once you do have a meeting and it's on and it matters, how do you make the most of that meeting? I think agendas are key. Right. So actually, when it comes to agendas, I have a, a little, a cute little acronym called CAT. Okay. The CAT stands for clarity around what needs to be discussed or decided, the anticipated outcome, and then the time allotted or planned. So clarity, I've kind of touched on that. Anticipated outcome, sometimes I think it helps to kind of sit back and, and look at a topic and say, what's the outcome that I really want from this topic? Do I want a clear decision Do I want a clear decision in a certain direction? Do I need clarity on something? Sometimes when you see an agenda, it's, you know, two or three words about Mm -hmm. a topic, but there's really no context as to like, so it could be that the topic could be uh, release date. Well, do we need to set a release date? Is the release date okay? Do we need to check the release date with some other people? Does it need to be decided? Does it need to be moved? Oh, that's so good. That reminds me of David Allen, episode 15, what? Who was saying that on your to-do list, if it just says mom, it's not really effectively out of your head. Like, what are we going to do about mom? Uh, Are we going to try to get her a birthday party planned or we're just going to give her a call because it's been a while. It, it's it's unclear. So so that's perfect because I have seen agendas that just say release date. And, and I think the agenda maker kind of has a sense that, okay, the release date is an important topic, uh, but maybe has not yet done that extra dose of thinking to determine what is the anticipated outcome associated with the release date. I often use the agenda as a way, I always send the agenda out 24 hours or so, 12 at the the least, before a meeting to get people thinking. So yeah, when they read the meeting agenda, they can kind of see where I'm going or what questions need to be answered. The other ulterior motive I have with the agenda is I turn the agenda into the minutes as the meeting's going. Okay, that's handy. So using like Google Docs or whatever shared collaboration tool you use inside of your company. I'm doing the minutes in real time. And I'm also I'm kind of tangent here, but I'm doing the minutes in real time using the agenda that I created to begin with. Okay, now that's handy. And that makes sense because it's right there. So could you maybe right. give us a, an example? We're just going to get so detailed here. But that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. So you have release date is the example of bad item to be printed up on an agenda. What would be a couple examples associated with like the actual text you would have on a meeting where you're discussing something important about the release date? Okay. What might you have say in that bullet or that outline numbered piece? So I might have topic number three says current release date is scheduled for August 1st, 2016. 
And then I might have some sub bullets that says development is behind schedule by two weeks. Quality engineering needs an extra week to finish their test automation and documentation is uh, behind three days. Team needs to decide whether current date is still viable or how much we should move out the current date. Okay. There then you all go. Three teams come, in other words, it's informing all the other people, oh, this is the situation, here are the details. So when I come to the meeting, I've got that in the back of my head. Now we can actually like discuss the topic and make a decision. All right. The other thing I'll sneak in around there sometimes too is I'll put a time estimate. So if I have an hour meeting, I might break out the topics to say, we're going to spend five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there, 15 here. Mm-hmm. They're approximates. They often kind of help guide the meeting and they also set it. It's all about setting expectations. So setting expectations for people as to this is how much time we're hopefully going to spend here. Or the, like this is how important this topic is. We have a lot of 30 minutes of this topic. Wow, it must be really important. Mm, absolutely. So that's great. And so you're not kind of with ironclad rigor no. sort of sticking with those, but you're, you're, you're offering a signal and, and then uh, working accordingly. It also is, well, it's also a useful thing to blame. So (laughs) in other words, if you get 10 minutes in or you're 15 Uh, or 20 minutes in, you can say, you know, I only allocated 10 minutes to this topic. We've spent 20 minutes on it. I'm concerned we're not going to be able to cover the rest of the topics. Is this topic so important that we should throw away the other topics and cover them at a future meeting? Or what should we all do? Oh, that is handy. That is handy. And then it makes you seem like less of a jerk (laughs) for cutting people off. No, the agenda is, I I say the agenda is always the absolutely perfect thing to blame in terms of facilitating and moving a meeting on and not being a jerk. Yeah, it's, it's the agenda's fault. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So let's see, we got the agenda. We've got the the specific elements that get folks oriented and, and the time pieces there. So any other kind of pro tips when it comes to forming that agenda and sending it in advance? No, I think that's uh, sending it in advance. And like I said, I like to send it in a collaborative text editor where people can actually look at it and add to it. So I'll have a section like in terms of collecting to our earlier conversation around status, I will have sections in there that say, you know, development status, quality engineering status, release engineering status. And so people can come into that document before the meeting and actually type their status. And then when we get to the meeting, <laughs> I might glance through it. We might not even need to talk about it because it's there and we move on. It's, it's not collecting the information audibly and then recording it. So that can also save time in the meeting. I'm very good. Well, now tell me a little bit about the minutes. What are your, your practices? So part of it is that you just add it right to the document that had the agenda. Uh, what are some other key takeaways in terms of making the, the minutes optimal? Sure. So there I have a little acronym here called WOOT. What got discussed and decided. So capturing that was all, uh, very important. Uh, the outcome, the next steps or actions. You mentioned David Allen. I totally stole this from David Allen years ago. What is the next action? Mm-hmm. I think that is, if there's any question as a meeting facilitator or a project manager, like you can make money all day long just asking that question. What's the next action here? What's the next action? It gets people thinking. It also kind of focuses and prioritizes what needs to happen. So that's a great one. The second O is an owner for the next steps or actions. Nothing is worse than, so who's going to make sure that this legal, this agreement is taken care of? Oh, uh, legal needs to handle that. Mm-hmm. You know, your legal department is 25 people. <laughs> it's like, well, who in legal is going to handle it? Oh, right. it's Fred. Okay. And Fred agrees that, Fred, you can do this by next Friday. 
yeah, no problem. So you've got, you know, an actionable owner, someone that you know that you can go back to to follow up to make sure it's going to get done or just, you know, check in with. But nothing's worse than not having it. And you come to the next meeting, it's like, hey, how's the legal agreement? It's like, oh, well, it's illegal and, and we don't really know who to talk to. Right. Uh, and then the last one, the T, is time those actions will be completed by. A pro tip here is use an actual date, an actual date, maybe even a time. I see a lot of discussions where it's like, you know, maybe it's Tuesday. And so, so when will this be done? Probably middle to the end of the week. You get to the next meeting to follow up and you're like, wait, when was this supposed to be done? It says middle to end of last week. Let me get out my calendar. Just save yourself the hassle and give it a date. And it also just makes it easy and really clear when you're following up with people to say, hey, how'd this go? Did it get done? What do we need to know? Okay, very cool. And so, so the woot there, do you have those in separate sections or in kind of integrated sort of by topic? Or is that just like a mental framework you're using to make sure? It's kind of a, a mental framework and it's mm-hmm. just kind of an approach. So everyone has different styles when it comes to agenda. I tend to be very topic-based versus team-based. Mm-hmm. So in the software context, you know, you have your development team, you have your testing team. Sometimes I'll go in the context of the team. More often than not, I'm going in the context of topics. So within that topic, uh, you know, the release date. So around the release date, what did we decide? We decided we need to add two weeks to the schedule. What's the next outcome or steps? Well, I'm going to update the schedule. I'm going to publish it. I'm going to send it to the team. And I'm going to ask for everyone's approval when they get the email. Mm-hmm. When am I going to do it? I'm going to do it by tomorrow. So the, yeah, I would tend to, to capture around that particular topic of discussion. Or if it is around a team, then around that team. Okay, so there's not like a, a separate sections for the next steps, but rather the next steps are integrated within each topic. That's how I do it. Now, mm-hmm. some people, what they'll do is they'll abstract those after the meeting. They'll have like one section that just has all the action items for all the people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's helpful for people. I don't tend to do it, but I have seen... I do work with people that do format their minutes that way. All right. All right. Now, you also had a recent podcast episode about uh, watching out for energy drains in meetings. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of those kind of real time, the meetings unfolding things to bear in mind? So I, I guess a, an immediate one would be that, you know, kind of that, that person that maybe dominates the discussion. This sometimes calls for being somewhat of a fearless meeting facilitator. And I realize that, you know, this this can be difficult with politics and personalities and, and different, the dynamics of your company. So people that dominate the conversation as a facilitator, I think it's always important to give that person some airspace and then open it up to the rest of the team. So thanks, Susan, for that input. I'd like to hear from some of the other people here to get their perspectives on what they think that we should do about this release date. Mm-hmm. In terms of other energy drains, in my in my experience, any meeting that lasts more than an hour, like there's something that seems to happen around the hour point in terms of energy, focus, intensity. So my guideline there is usually I try to keep to meetings to an hour or less. Mm-hmm. Related to that and also structuring the agenda, sometimes I think you can be strategic about how you'd place topics. So I'll often do like a few easy topics for kind of an easy win to kind of get the momentum running, rolling at the beginning of the meeting. And then maybe save some of the more volatile topics for the middle towards the end of the meeting. Maybe it's a, if it's a really volatile topic and you want to give it a hard ending, put it up against the end of the meeting so that it's time boxed and it doesn't drag on forever. Sometimes that doesn't work in companies or cultures where 
there's no hard end to meetings, that one can be a little more difficult. I hear you. Yeah, those will be a few that come to mind. Well, thank you. And and what's your take when it comes to alternatives to in-person meetings themselves, like uh, virtual tools? I know you're, you're loving Trello. Can uh-huh. you tell us uh, what do you like about that and what are some other good tools you enjoy using for virtual collaborations? Virtual collaborations, that's kind of interesting. All of my collaborations are virtual. I live in Portland, Oregon. Okay. The teams I work with are... They're all over the world. Uh, our kind of primary offices that I deal with are North Carolina and Massachusetts, but I also have a lot of people I work with in Bangalore, India. Mm-hmm. So collaborative text editing, we use uh, video conferencing, Trello. Trello for man. I like Trello in terms of managing smaller projects, just in terms of kind of workflow and kind of knowing where things are at. I find that really useful. And then just not overlooking, just picking up the phone. Right. Sometimes I find a lot of time is wasted. A lot of time and energy is wasted trying to solve problems over email. And, you know, there's kind of that rule out there, you know, after the third email, pick up the phone. There's a lot of wisdom in that and something I don't always do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you say collaborative text editing. I'm just thinking about the, the Google Doc is, Google Docs, yeah. Is there so, other stuff that's even cooler or? Well, from an open source perspective, so, so Google Docs is kind of an interesting one. So we use Google Docs at Red Hat. There are a number of companies out there that don't use Google Docs or don't allow it for, I don't know exactly what their concerns are, whether it's security or stuff being in the cloud or whatever. So there's a few open source tools. One is called Etherpad. Oh, yeah. So we have some of those servers like set up inside of our company. So some of us still use that. I like that tool in particular because it has line numbers. So there's nothing worse than being at that presentation or that meeting where you can't figure out like where people are at. So, you know, that, that presentation that doesn't have page numbers <laughs> or the meeting right. agenda in the collaborative document where it's like someone comes late and, you know, they're like, where are we? So Etherpad has line numbers. There's another one called Gobby, G-O-B-B-Y. I don't know if it's around. That's like the one that oh, I started out using years ago. But I think beyond that, I think there are a few other collaborative. There's some, oh, there's a, there's a few other cloud-based ones. One's called Lucid Meetings. It looks oh. really slick. I haven't used it. But in terms of a resource on meetings, they have a lot of really good blog posts. They've, I've gone to some really good webinars. And they have, they have basically a whole online platform around agendas, meeting minutes, and and that kind of thing. Oh, intriguing. Thank you. And I'd also love to get your take while we're on the topic. You know, where do you come out on the the, the WebEx, Citrix GoToMeeting, Zoom, yeah, Adobe Connect? Uh, so you, you, you dig them all? Is it any one yeah. you like better and why? The one we use is BlueJeans. So oh, yeah, that one too. <laughs> BlueJeans works pretty good. In my own personal experience, I'll use Skype, Google Hangouts, I, for whatever reason, I tend to find, at least for personal stuff, I tend to find Skype to be the most reliable in terms of like solid audio and video. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we use we use BlueJeans corporately. All right. Well, any other sort of final thoughts about meetings and, and making them fantastic before we shift gears into the fast faves? Yeah, I guess my, my encouragement here would be to, especially if you're a meeting facilitator, is to see what you can get away with. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Whether it be asking someone to own an action item that's theirs or maybe not attending a meeting because it doesn't have an agenda or declining a meeting because you look at the 
you look at the topic and the meeting invited list and you say, you know what? I don't think this is a good use of my time. I, I have some friends that all they do is attend meetings all day long. Right. And sometimes, you know, it's like some, <laughs> they often complain. It's like, you know, when am I going to do my work? All I do is go to meetings. So uh, being bold about declining some of those meetings, maybe you don't need to be there. Maybe there's some other way that those problems can be solved. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, then could you kick us off by sharing a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? Yeah. So um, podcast movement, 2014, uh, Chris Brogan was speaking and he, he has a whole business around, it's called Owner Fuel. And this quote is something I wrote down and it's something that, that really resonates with me. He said, an owner is the kind of person that decides they are going to own their life. They own their choices, they own their business, and thus they own their future. All right. So, this idea of ownership and and not being a victim of your circumstances is, I think it's a real key to showing up and making progress in the world. Oh, thank you. And how about a favorite book? Favorite book kind of along the same lines is a book I read recently. It's called Extreme Ownership. Extreme! By Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. The subtitle is... I had the subtitle. Like no subtitle required. No, <laughs> that's What's a Jack Donahue. Owner, it's no. Well, this is the this is the real catchy part of it. Extreme ownership: How U.S. Navy SEALs lead and win. Okay, that'll get you. And this book is really like it really reinforced some ideas and and things that I'd heard in other places. Just again coming back to the whole idea of owning everything in your life, and good leaders own everything. Cool. Thank you. And how about a favorite tool, something you use repeatedly? My favorite tool right now, it's kind of funny, is uh, there's two of them. Four by four post-it notes and a Sharpie. Four by four, that is, okay, post-it, not note card. I'm with you, a post-it, yeah, four yeah, by the four. Little, the, so, yeah, in terms of prioritization recently, I have gotten into making, I don't know, I have a, I have a little collection of them, but at the, at the night before, is taking, you know, what are the four or five things that absolutely need to get done tomorrow and putting them in a column down the edge of my desk. And so when I wake up in the morning, I sit down, I need to get down to business. It's like, what is at the top of the list? And it's like, that's the thing I got to get done. And connected with that is Pomodoro timers. So setting a little 25-minute timer app to really focus and get that number one thing done. A lot of times those the things on that list are not like, oh, I can't wait to do this. They're the... Oh, yeah, that tedious release schedule that I can't quite figure out that I need to spend a good block of time on. So anyway, I find the timers really helpful in terms of grinding out those things I don't want to do that I'm procrastinating on and just saying, okay, for this 25 minutes, I am fully focused on this number one priority. Okay. And you're saying each task gets its own post-it note. I know what I would I would do. Like, I mean, let's see what's on my desk right now. Oh. When you said a column, I'm imagining like they're they're queuing up. Yeah, I've Down, got like, uh, so I've got like four or five of them. Marching. Uh, you know, top to bottom. Uh-huh. You know, the first one says update release schedule. Second one, coordinate next release. So these are like, these are more like mini projects, I would say, as opposed to sometimes they're tasks, sometimes they're specific projects. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And what would you say is the best way to find you? If folks want to learn more and check your stuff out? Johnpolster.com. All right. And a favorite challenge or parting call to action for those seeking to be more awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I guess it would just come back to, you know, a couple of minutes ago, you know, being really intentional about the meetings that you run, the meetings you facilitate, and then the meetings that you attend. How are you spending your time? And is it, is it an effective and good use of your time? Mm. 
Excellent. Well, John, thanks so much for this. This was a lot of fun and I wish you tons of luck at Red Hat and with your podcasts and, and all you're up to. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I hope that's super handy for you. I know that that agenda piece can make a world of difference in terms of priming the pump and getting people thinking not just about release date, but rather a full sentence about the release date. I think that is a little distinction that can make a world of difference for a productive meeting when everyone's assembled there. So if you want to check out information about that and other stuff that John mentioned, drop on by awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep58. And do please punch the subscribe button if you haven't already so you don't miss cool guests like our next one, Jeff McManus, who has some pretty cool stories and some transformational goodness coming out of his role as the Director of Landscape Services at Ole Miss, the University of Mississippi. So you'd be surprised what you can learn from some horticulture folk. And that's what's going down next episode. Catch you then. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. 